Hi, I'm Aubrey. Thanks for joining the podcast for Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. You can also join us each Sunday at 9 a.m. on Facebook Live or in person at 9 and 1030 in English or 1145 in Spanish. This year we'll also have three Christmas Eve services. We'll have two indoor at 2 and 3.30 and one outdoor at 5.30. We hope to see you soon. What is your favorite light at Christmas? There's a lot to choose from, right? Uh, Maybe the lights around your tree, maybe your mantle is all lit up, your your yard. Uh, Before I tell you my favorite, I I will tell you what my least favorite light is at Christmas. This is an easy one for me. Uh, Growing up, my mom uh, had, you know, some specific decorations, and there was one decoration that drove uh, me and my brother, my older brother, nuts. It was this, like, three-foot, like, ceramic Christmas caroler. And and it was plugged in, and she would put it by the fireplace at at, at night, and it would would hold, like, a a candle with a bulb on it that lit up. And she would move back and forth with this very, like, kind of ominous, creepy doll face, you know? And the light, and it would just do this, back and forth, like, back and forth, back and forth. And sometimes at night, like, you you would walk into the room, and it would be totally dark, and you would just see the lit-up face of this creepy doll going back. And so my brother and I, when my mom wasn't looking, we would, like, turn her around and make her face the wall or something. So if you ask me my least favorite light at Christmas, I would say creepy caroler doll that my mom had, for sure. But what about your favorite? Uh, mine's actually easy. One of the things that we're doing here today, Christmas Eve, uh, year after year, one of our traditions is candlelight. And for me, there's something beautiful about that single candle, but, but it, it's more than that, right? It's more than my single candle because there's something pretty magical for me as a father on Christmas Eve gathering uh, with my church family, but also with my family. And every year I try to get this picture of my kids. It's probably like not even safe that they each have a candle, you know, but it's cute. So I try to get a picture of each of them holding their candle in this kind of beautiful moment of candlelight on Christmas. It's by far my favorite light at Christmas. Well, Well, no matter what your favorite light is, here's the truth. You cannot out dark the light. Let me say that again because I know it sounds weird. You cannot out dark the light. Try it. Try it. Go to a place in your house, you know, shut all the doors, black out all the, you know, windows, uh, seal up every single bit of light that comes in. And there's just, it could be a candle, it could be a tiny flashlight, it could be the screen on your phone. I dare you, just turn it on and watch how that little bit of light just illuminates the entire room. That light shines in the darkness and the truth is that you can't out dark the light no matter how hard you try or think about the star next time you go outside look at the stars and imagine how hard that light is working how many like light years of time that light is traveling to get to you you cannot out dark the light this uh, December this Advent season we've been talking about Jesus and the symbol of light, and the hope that that brings into our life, and how important that Jesus is the light of the world. In Luke chapter 2, um, there's a passage of scripture that um, we're, we're pretty familiar with. In fact, some of the beautiful texts that we just heard during the time of worship is from there, but there's this forgotten story toward the end of Luke chapter 2. Luke 2 is beautiful, you know, the shepherds and the fields nearby and the singing and what, and beautiful, you know, think of Linus and the Charlie Brown special, right, right? That's Luke chapter 2. But at the end of Luke chapter 2 is this seemingly forgotten story of a man named Simeon. 
And Simeon was given a, a specific promise. He was promised, now, now listen to this promise, he was promised that in his lifetime he would see the Messiah. That may not sound like a big deal to you, but consider for hundreds and hundreds of years. We, we've been reading uh, here as a church during Advent in, in Isaiah chapter 9, a, a prophecy 700 years before Jesus would ever show up. And so this specific man, Simeon, was promised that he would see the Messiah. And at the end of Luke chapter 2, there's this story where Mary and Joseph are bringing Jesus into the temple, which is kind of in line with their uh, purification ritual in the Old Testament. And as they do that, Simeon is there. And in Luke chapter 2, I'm just going to read a couple verses of it on seeing Jesus. And no one has to introduce and say, Simeon, meet Jesus, Messiah, Messiah, this is him. No, no, no. This beautiful thing happens in Luke chapter 2 as Simeon lays eyes on this child, he declares this. This is Luke chapter 2, verse 29. He says this. He says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. He's saying, I can die in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light, catch this, this is so important. A light for revelation for the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. He, he declares that this, again, he sees for the first time and says, Oh Lord, you have kept your promise. This is the Messiah. And what does he say about him? He is a light. A light to the Gentiles. Why is that significant? Because I'm a Gentile. I, I, the Gentiles represented everybody else, right? Not just the people of Israel, not just the promised ones, right? The nation that was promised the Messiah. No, everyone is included. And he declares that this is, this is the light has come, a, a revealing light, a light that darkness cannot overcome. That's what's happening here in Luke chapter 2. I want you to, to lean into this idea with me tonight of, of living in darkness. What, what are the dark areas today of, of your life? That's a heavy question, but think about that. For some of us watching tonight, it's sin, it's brokenness, it's hurt in our lives right now. We can pinpoint it and say, yes, there's some darkness there in my life or in the life of those around me. For others, it's some, some painful thing that you're carrying. You know what mine is? Can I just be honest with you? In this season of 2020, the darkness, the areas of my life is anxiety. At times it feels overwhelming in my life. If I was honest with you, I'd say, yeah, that, that. That's the thing at times that feels like darkness trying to creep in all around me. But no matter what it is, and that's a heavy question for us to consider but this is what I want you to know today. No matter what that is, no matter whatever darkness you might be experiencing, I want you to know this, that his light, God's light, has overcome the darkness. It has overcome, it can overcome any darkness that you're experiencing today. No matter how heavy it is, no matter, you may say, Adrian, you don't understand, you don't know, and you're, I don't, but, but I, this is what I know to be true, that his light, overcomes the darkness. Literally, it says that in John chapter 1. John chapter 1 gives this kind of uh, brief account of, of who Jesus is and, and what he has done. And literally, in John 1, 5, it says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There's a question I would challenge you in this season. 
no matter who, and you may, you may be like a, a person of faith, right? You, you, may, you may not be. You may be a skeptic and, and a cynic, and, and man, thank you for tuning in. No matter who you are, I think there's a question that we should all ask this Christmas season. It's simple, but I, I think it's pretty profound. The question is this, Jesus, will you shine on me? I'm tired of the dark. Are you? Because I am. I am. I'm tired of darkness. I'm tired of times in my life. It feels like the darkness is winning. It feels like darkness is everywhere. It feels overwhelming. I'm tired of that. Are you? Maybe the most beautiful prayer. It's more than a question. It's a prayer. Jesus, will you shine on me? The Apostle Paul who wrote years after Jesus was born in that manger and he lived and he died on a cross and he rose again in Ephesians chapter 5. He he declares emphatically, Christ will shine on you. For many of us, right now, in this moment, it's the most beautiful prayer we could pray. Jesus, will you shine on me? In just a minute, we're going to close and and we're going to have Uh, time and we're going to sing a beautiful song and I I actually think the songwriter got it right when they wrote those beautiful words silent night consider this verse it says silent night holy night son of God loves pure light radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace powerful truth right about his light shining on us. You see, it's not just any light. It's not just any light that can overcome the darkness in your life today. It's his light, his pure light, the light of Jesus. Tonight, maybe with me, you want to pray, Jesus, will will you shine on me? The darkness I'm experiencing, the darkness around me in my world, Jesus, will you shine on me? That's a simple prayer, but let me tell you, that's a prayer of faith. And that's a prayer that he longs to answer. We, uh, at our church, throughout the season of Advent, uh, kind of come around uh, a tradition, the Advent candles. And you may not be familiar with that. You may say, that's not really my thing. I I get it. But what we do each week leading up to Christmas is we light a candle. And each week we lean into an idea of hope, an idea of peace an idea of joy, the idea of love. And you'll notice there's one candle left and we reserve it for this time of the year where we light what we call the Christ candle. And in just a moment, we're going to spend some time reflecting on the light. You in your own homes, you may want to grab a candle and spend a few minutes with us shining light in worship. But as we do that, I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss This critical moment where we say, Jesus, will you shine on me? So I'm going to take my candle now, and I'm going to light the Christ candle. And you may take your candle now where you are, and you may light that candle and hold it there with you. And before we sing, and before we, admittedly, man, my favorite light of Christmas right here, but could we pause? Could we pause? And invite the God of the universe, the God that created you and created me. He knows exactly where you are right now. He understands the darkness you're experiencing. You may not believe that to be true, but it is. He knows right where you are today. 
And you could join me right now with a simple prayer that just says, Jesus, will you shine your light on me? I believe that your light can overcome my darkness. Will you shine your light on me? Will you pray with me now? Jesus, light of the world, shine your light on me into the hopelessness of my struggle, into the pain, the hurt I'm experiencing, the rejection, the fear, the sin and brokenness from my past. The world around me feels so dark. But Jesus, tonight, I, I choose ask that your light would shine on me. I believe that your light can overcome the darkness and, and maybe I'd be tempted to doubt that. I'd be tempted as I say it to say, I'm not sure that's true and so really that's a declaration of faith. May it be so, Jesus, that your light overcomes my darkness even now. Thank you for the light of Christmas, the hope of Christmas. You are Emmanuel God with us. And we know that you can't outdark the light. So would you shine brightly in us and through us, even now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening today. If you have questions about our church, you can email us at info at a beacon of As soon as you're done listening, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.